0: Welcome to the Tradar, a traders podcast. My name's Matthew, and I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a handy faithful. The Trader features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award-winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. And this is season three of the podcast dedicated to The Traitors Australia. Today, I'll be exploring episode nine, one of the most intense episodes of the season so far. Before I get there, just a little update on my TT News from the previous episode. As I reported, the Traitors Australia is coming to BBC3 and BBC iPlayer here in the UK and now there's a little more info on that. The BBC media centre reports that the show will begin broadcasting at 8pm on Sunday the 9th of July on BBC3 but that all episodes will be available to watch immediately at 6am the same day. Nasfim Hack, head of content at BBC3 says, The Traitors is an addictively fiendish format and I am so pleased that viewers can get their summer fix of treachery and suspicion as we head down under for the Australian version of the show on BBC3 and iPlayer. By the way, I'd just like to point out that if you've been listening faithfully to the podcast you will remember that back at the beginning of the season, I reported that I'd emailed the BBC in April to ask about the Traders Australia being acquired and at that point they responded telling me there were no plans for this. What I'm saying is that I believe I am solely responsible for this acquisition, so you're welcome. Back to episode 9, and I am joined by another returning guest co-host. Let's find out who it is. Back, back, back again. It's Seattle Stephen. Stephen, that's my new name for you. Stephen is a writer, mystical yogi person, big fan of the traitors. You can hear his extended bio in episode 6, because that's the last time he was here. Stephen, welcome back.
1: Thanks, it's great to be back. I don't know how mystical I am. Let's say I'm mystical, <laughs> mystical adjacent. How's that sound? Mystical adjacent. <laughs>
0: well, that's, that's good enough. Uh, so last time we spoke all about episode six of The Traitors Australia. And at that point, there, by the end of that episode, there were only two traitors. We'd had back-to-back banishment of traitors, and the prize fund was one hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars. Now you're joining us again. Now we have three traitors. The prize fund is at one hundred and seventy thousand um, dollars. And when I first spoke to you about coming on the podcast for this season. Um, you picked episode nine. You suggested that would be one that you would like to talk about. So obviously no spoilers yet, but that must mean this is a good episode to go for. There's, there's something about this episode you must like.
1: Yes, it's. An ex- I find it a very exciting episode. It's suspenseful, uh, and it's suspenseful in a way... That I can't ever recall seeing on the traders before. Yeah, it's it's unique what happens. It's really fun. It
0: is, and then I have lots of all my notes here for the episode, and the uh, and the banishment section. As I skim through, I just see lots of capital letters, so I was obviously very excited as well.
1: <laughs> in, mine, in mine, I have boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom, boom. That's all in the banishing section.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait to talk about it. So before we get into the episode, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to play our game, The Traitor, Traitor. Steven. Stephen. Our devious mission throughout the episode from here on in, is to tell one lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made up fact, big or small, about the traitors, or about yourself, or about something else. For example, you could tell me that Alex has 5,500 followers on Instagram, when actually the truth is she has 6,500 followers on Instagram. However, it can't be a fake opinion like saying you think Alex was the worst choice for a recruited traitor ever, when actually your true opinion is that she was the best choice for a recruited traitor ever. At the end of the episode, we each have to put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. For the third time, Stephen, are you ready to lie to me? For the third time, I accept the challenge. Good. I've I've kind of not really been keeping score. What's your what's your track record so far? I don't remember. I'm
1: I sure. I think it's, it's a little bit like. I'm not sure that I've ever guessed any of your lies. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't remember ever doing so.
0: Um, but. Uh, I have yeah. a feeling you've you've betrayed me pretty well. Too. I I have a feeling that I'm. You're you're pretty good at this. So. Yeah, I think we're doing well. Yeah, we're doing well. So let's see let's see how this one goes. So our game begins now. Uh I think we're ready to just go for it and talk about episode nine of The Traitors Australia. So the episode begins with A little recap of episode eight, and we're reminded of some really important things. Alex accepted the recruitment from Marielle and Nigel, so she is now a traitor. Uh, No one was murdered at that point. Uh, Alex has has made a pretty good impression straight away. She seems to be a good traitor already. Uh, Dirk was banished at the end of the last episode. And the way that the traitors are talking... Uh, gives gives us the impression in Traitor's Tower at the end of the last episode that they're thinking of either Craig or Fee for murder. So, we begin episode 9 then properly with breakfast. Teresa arrives first. This is the first time I notice all the name tags, the sort of placings on the, on the mantelpiece. Same. It's Why? totally
1: different from UK-US.
0: Yeah. Why had I never noticed this before? Now <laughs> the
1: names of all the people who have been murdered or banished.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I guess the the cameras just never really focused on that before. I just became very aware of it here, and I've written down. Yeah, oh, the name tags on the mantelpiece, and I, I, and they don't really explain it, but I, yeah, I've sort of figured for myself. Oh, that must be how they're keeping track of who's gone. Uh, because there's a close-up and you can see uh, Dirk, Matt, and Mark's names, so I think, oh right, they're they're the last three people who've gone. So okay, so they're I guess yeah.
1: It's a much more subtle way of doing it. The other versions have the big sort of photo pictures, yeah, and they do kind of a kind of a you know a thing with it where people put them up or in you know Alan's case he throws them on the floor, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, here it's just this sort of subtle, like it's kind of there with you at breakfast to remind you.
0: Yeah, I guess it probably doesn't work as well in a televisual sense because I, in the UK and US ones, yeah, they've got their portraits hanging on the wall and they have a big red cross painted over them when they're gone. Right. So that's kind of easier just to see from a distance, whereas. Well, it's episode nine, and you and I only noticed this for the first time. Uh, So I guess it works for the players, but maybe not for the audience at home that well.
1: Now I want to go look at some other shots of them at breakfast, because what I'm wondering is, are all the name cards at the breakfast table telling you where to sit, but as you're banished or murdered, they move it off the table onto the mantle so that... There, I don't know. I mean, I don't recall ever seeing them at the table, so I could be making that up. But no, you're right that they are at the table. Um, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, and so it's every
1: kind of logical thing for the players. Yeah, you know, here are the vanished.
0: Yeah, so they they do have them at the table, and oh, okay. I talked about this on a previous episode. When when it gets down to the final person about to arrive at breakfast, and it, we're always waiting to find out which one of two people is? Both of the people's names are still at the table, so the Mm. players don't know which one is is yet to arrive. And then, I guess, whoever hasn't arrived, someone puts it on the mantelpiece. Wow, we spent five minutes talking about name tags on a mantelpiece. (laughs) (laughs) We're fans. We're definitely (laughs) fans of the show. Yeah. So after the nice close-up on the name tags, um, Marielle arrives, and they start talking about Kate uh it's Marion and Teresa. they're well Mario's obviously pretending but they say that they're sure that she is one of the traitors uh there's a nanosecond of Paul arriving uh mm-hmm. and then Alex we have this amazing shot of Alex descends the stairs as if she's arriving at the Met gala she is wearing this really cool like deconstructed pinstripe gown it's so extra i love 40. it and she's so good at acting. She enters the room. she looks so scared and nervous. Um I mean, she we found out a few episodes back a little bit about her backstory and she said that she was a model. I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if she's had some acting experience as well because she's so she's so convincing. um marielle she's she reaffirms what Nigel said in the last episode when she's doing her interview to camera, she says that they only recruited Alex so that they can use her as cannon fodder, which may or may not have been a good idea. Um, And conversations begin at the table about what everybody would spend their winnings on. And Alex sort of revealed this, she had a little segment a few episodes where the audience find out a bit more about Alex, but here seems to be the first time that she tells everybody around the table about why she wants to win the money so she sort of reiterates um it's she she would use it for IVF treatment for her and her girlfriend to start a family and she gets quite emotional about it It's quite it's like it's a nice moment
1: it's beautiful and they show some shots of her and her partner they're so beautiful yeah it looks like you know they're at the seaside and
0: uh, i love them yeah it's really lovely it's very Um, sweet so Kate then arrives, uh, and she's she's still confused about Dirk's banishment last night because you know they she obviously she voted for him she was convinced he was a traitor when he revealed he was a faithful they were it's, she was so confused she couldn't understand she'd been saying why was he acting like a traitor if he wasn't a traitor she's also confused just about why she's still here she doesn't know why she's still in the game she thought she would have been murdered. So we
1: and she even says at this point, I have it written down. She says she's not even sure if Teresa is a traitor anymore. Yeah. And that is a big deal for her because she and Teresa have been. You know, having a sort of a mutually assured destruction relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From almost the start of the show. So she's really she's really in the weeds now. She doesn't know what's going on.
0: Yeah and and of course as the episode progresses the relationship between Kate and Teresa becomes very interesting. True. So um as as we figured out from traitor's tower at the end of the last episode it, it all comes down to Craig and Fee. We're waiting for one of them to arrive and it is Craig who walks through the door which means Fee is gone. And of course, Teresa is just gutted because Teresa and Fee were so close. They had such a such a great partnership on screen. Um, and I'm sure it, it, it was very genuine as well. Um, so I, I think because Fee is such a great character, I know she's a real human, but <laughs> because she's got such a great personality, she's given the honour of having her car interview shown on... Uh, on the episode, and they don't do that with everybody. So far, they've only done that with Angus and Mark. Mm, um, okay. Sophie's given her little moment. Uh, she's in good spirits. She says uh, she thinks she was murdered. She said, "I think I was murdered because I'm a bit of a feisty one." Uh, she says she'll miss Teresa. <laughs> she says, "There better have been tears. They better have cried for me."
1: <laughs> well, they do, don't they? There I mean, are a
0: they lot do, they of do.
1: tears. Yeah, we'll certainly miss her. I know um, she's such a
0: wonderful person and player. Yeah, she's she was such she was such great TV because she would say funny things and she was very dramatic, very sort of you know emotive. You could always tell what Fee was. Fee had a very heightened experience of the game. It seemed, which was great. Great to watch.
1: When I'm watching the show, all of the shows, I have certain people who I kind of. In the back of my mind, I'm kind of like, oh, I hope they make it to the end. Yeah, And she was one of those yeah, on the yeah. show. So I was like, oh, bye. I
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I does have a thought here, though, a sort of theoretical idea. Does, does it ruin the illusion of the game a little bit to see the murder victims leave in the car? Because... Uh, you know, in the in the in the UK and US versions, the murder victims receive this letter and they sit down in a nice armchair and they're kind of interviewed, and that's how the audience sort of finds out that they've gone, and we get to hear their thoughts. Australia doesn't really do that. They the Australia really camps it up and hams it up, and we have those dramatic horror movie shots of the traitors walking through the hotel at night. I, I wonder right. if seeing them then in the car, and as much as I want to see more of Fee making me laugh, does it ruin the, the illusion a little bit that, that, oh, they're just getting in a car and they're being driven away again? What do, what do you think? You know what? I feel
1: like this show is an experiment dramatically that is going to keep unfolding. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't... I, I enjoy seeing new variations on a theme, Mm-hmm. and this is the way that they chose to do it for australia and i think actually it would it would have been it's probably just the edit for each show for each episode but i think it would have worked even better if they had consistently done it for every single character instead of just a few of them character player yeah. um so it doesn't bother me and i just wish they'd done it each episode
0: yeah if, uh, if it's sort of a consolation, you actually can see more interviews on the Traitors Australia Instagram page. They, oh. do, they have extra footage of people leaving and talking in the car. Um, and I only know this because... Uh, well, I follow the page anyway, but uh, Paul from the Traitors Australia has, was in touch with me and we were speaking about him coming on the podcast and he sent me a link. And so you can see... Uh, some of the, I think, all of the players you can see the players'
1: Their exit, um, their interviews. little
0: interviews, in the and even if it wasn't shown on the actual episode, wow, can, I'm gonna check that out! Yeah, Great, thank yeah. you. So, there's so there's more to see, which is quite nice. Cool. So, uh, we're, we're still at breakfast. Uh, Alex is again, she's she's acting so well because she is she's is genuinely crying and she's saying, Oh, it's a game, but it's just really hard. She's such a good actress. I mean,
1: I, read, I have written here. She cries magnificently. <laughs> she does. I'm,
0: wow! Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's there's probably a good stimulation to cry. I mean, it's probably easier because there's probably a sense of guilt, and she and she probably she was she probably got on with Fee, so she probably has said, "Oh God, Fee's hey, gone. I feel hey, bad." Yeah. yeah, and and to see everyone else, see, you know, see you see Teresa crying, and that that kind of would make you upset anyway. So you're you're helped halfway there, I guess. Um, but there's 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 the last thing I've noted about breakfast is there's this brilliant juxtaposition of Alex crying at breakfast versus cut, you know cut straight to Alex an interview. Suggesting him, just saying that maybe she'll turn on Teresa next, and suggest that she's the traitor. <laughs> it's this like exquisite shadiness. Uh, I, I love it. I love it.
1: I I I was a little bit confused by that. Was that why they decided to murder Fee the traitors? Was they were trying to get the story thrown onto Teresa, like to get the faithful to think that maybe Teresa murdered her best friend? I couldn't. Uh, I remember that from the show and I was kind of scratching my head going I don't understand the logic of why people would
0: think that um yeah I don't know uh I'm not sure if anything that would have hindered making Teresa look like the traitor I think their 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 logic for murdering fee was that she was never going to be banished they they thought everybody likes fee and Nobody suspects her of being a traitor. She's too honest. She's sort of too, you know, she would never be able to keep that secret. Oh, I see. They just thought we were going to have to murder her. That's the only way to get her out. I got Um,
1: confused, I think, at that moment. Yeah,
0: I get it. And I think also because Fee's quite tenacious, even if she's wrong, she can sort of pick up on something and refuse to let go of it, like she did with Dirk. And if she happens to pick up on something that is correct, That's going to be bad news for them, so I think that was their reasoning there. Got it. So we move on from breakfast, we see some discussions around the hotel. We have this this scene where Nigel, Kate and Marielle are talking outside, and Kate suggests that maybe they need to start looking at people whose names never crop up. Uh, And Marielle obviously worries about this, I think, because her name doesn't really come up as far as we can see. And then she makes what seems to be this huge blunder. He tells this story that that Fee said to her yesterday that maybe she'd been blinded by her friendship with Teresa and that the last thing Fee said... Marielle says, The last thing Fee said to me before we went to bed was, If I'm not here tomorrow, remember what I said. As in, remember what I said about Teresa. No. Kate immediately realises this is very strange um, and it cuts to her in an interview and she says I feel like I finally lifted a blindfold
1: mm-hmm. so she
0: just thinks wait a minute Fee and Teresa were besties Fee would never have said that about Teresa this does not ring true something is going on I have spoken to Marielle she's going to be on the podcast I have asked her about this and I don't I don't want to say too much because I want people to hear Marielle's interview, but we talked a lot about this, and Marielle told me some very a, a, a very interesting alternative perspective on this. Um, what, what, what did you think about this moment, Stephen?
1: Well, from the point of view of Marielle, she is continuing the way that she's pl- been playing the game. Yes, so at this moment she's like, "I'm going to fee is no longer here, therefore, it's probably safe for me to say something along these lines to continue to sort of throw shade at other people in other directions, so it in that sense makes perfect sense for her to do it, but um." From Kate's point of view, she's kind of like this is the moment where her eyes are unveiled. She's kind of like, "Oh, this was this is something Fee would never do. Therefore, I get it now. I see what you're doing, Marielle. Yeah. The veil is you know lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very dramatic moment. I have a triple star here in my notes. <laughs> you know, Marielle takes a big swing and." We've seen this in other seasons, on other shows, other, you know, trader versions. When somebody does a swing like this and it misses, it really misses.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So that, you know, that's my perspective on it.
0: Yeah. And the moment then ripples forward into the next scene because we move into the cars to get ready for the Silver Challenge. Kate and Teresa are in the same car together and Kate cannot wait to tell Teresa about this. And it, it seems... There's a funny moment in the car. It seems as if they're told maybe don't start talking until you're on the move, because they get in the cars and they're, the cars are stationary, and Kate is like jumping in the seat with anticipation, and only when the car starts to drive, I can't remember, is either Kate or Teresa must be driving. I think Kate's driving. Uh, as soon as they actually move, then um, you know. Teresa goes right, okay, go. What is it? So yeah, I got I got the impression, and I know that from other seasons that you know the contestants are told to try to not talk about gameplay at certain points, especially if the cameras aren't really on them. They're told, you know, don't talk about the game just now. Keep it all for when you're being filmed. So I wonder if this is just a sort of transition moment where they're told, like, don't start talking about anything until you're in the car and you're driving. So Kate, we just see Kate like so excited about this moment. They start driving. Teresa, okay, go. Um, or maybe they were maybe they were waiting to see if Marielle was going to get in the back of the car or something. Could be that. But Kate there tells. Was quick, there was a quick mention
1: of Kate says something like, "Oh, I'm so glad we were in the car together." Yeah. I don't know if she says it at this time or later, but um, so how random is that? I wonder. Uh, <laughs> from, from, from the sort of back. The backseat perspective of the uh, people doing the filming—did they sort of see what was happening and go, "Let's put these two together," or did it just happen randomly? Um, we probably will never know, but it's pretty exciting for Kate. Yeah, because she was just thrilled.
0: I I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. If production had sort of seen what was going on, maybe Kate said to someone, "Oh, please, can you put me in a car with Teresa?" or or they just heard her saying something, like, I can't wait to speak to Teresa. So I wouldn't be surprised if production went, right, let's get those two in a car together. Um, so she, she, Kate tells Teresa the Marielle story. They cannot believe They're so excited. They are shocked and dumbfounded. Kate says the traitors have been playing them, them as in Kate and Teresa, against one another. They're trying to get them to banish one another. I mean I mean I think Kate's Kate's right <laughs> about that actually. They're so excited. Um they're so excited that they just can't hide it. They're about to lose control and I think they like it. Um that was me trying trying to be funny <laughs> in my notes with some song lyrics. Wow. I forgot I wrote that. Um they, they they agree though that they're going to keep up the pretense. They are they're going to pretend that they are going for one another. Um they don't want to give Marielle a heads up. Um, And because that would then give Marielle the the ability to defend herself, and Marielle's probably very good at that because she's clever. So they 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 have this plan. They're going to blindside Marielle at the banishment, and it's just this is one of the moments. It's I think that you were referring to. It's so exciting. There's such a sense of anticipation here. We're already thinking, you know, we've not even done the silver challenge yet. And we're already thinking, oh, my goodness, what is going to happen at Banishment?
1: Uh, I, can't, I can't think of a time in any other version of this show when two of the faithfuls have gotten something sort of handed to them so dramatically. Yeah. And they plan what we're going to see unfold. It's so, you know, the blindsiding of Mariel is just like Oh my gosh, this is, <laughs> this is gonna work. It's you know, this is a very this is a very dramatic and suspenseful yeah.
0: episode as it plays out from here on out. And because of because of what we've seen so often in the tracers is something like this can happen early on in an episode, but by the time you get to banishment, five other things have happened. Everybody's forgotten that thing that happened in the morning or the night before. So there's the possibility that. This I mean, Kate and Trees are really excited about it, but they might not get anyone else on board. And maybe by the time banishment comes, we'll have moved it. So, it's, as a viewer, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Like, I hope they can sustain this until banishment. This is going to be incredible. So we arrive at the Silver Challenge. Uh, Roger, Queen of Shade, <laughs> says to them, "Last time we were all here, Matt, Dirk, and Fee were here. Remember them?" No, me neither. Huh. Uh, he's Roger, Roger, Roger. Oh, Roger! He's he's hinting at the mission here. He's he's giving them a little hint that this is going to be a memory game. It's basically a giant game of pairs with a time limit. Uh, this so... is very
1: interesting because this game I was going to insert here. I'm kind of dating myself, but there was a TV show you call you call it pairs. There was a TV show here in the US called The Match Game, where you had a big board and you were matching things on it. Yeah. And um, I just remember it from my youth watching it on TV when I was a kid. And uh, this is that game, except kind of, you know. Now there are people moving around yeah. the board,
0: <laughs> yeah, but
1: it's kind of the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, super sized version. So it's Kate and Alex who are they're strung up on these harnesses, and they have to flip the giant tiles while everybody else gives them instructions. Uh, it looks, it looks fun actually. I think this looks really cool. I would like to do it. Uh, my favorite part <laughs> is when Alex flips over an image, and it's a gramophone. And she shouts, oh, a mega, uh, uh, a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess, you know, Alex is like 27 or something. She maybe doesn't know what a gramophone is. Um, That could be. (laughs) So we can't blame her. Um, They they play the game, it's good fun. They end up making seven matches, which is the equivalent of $14,000. Which means the total prize fund is now $184,000. So, after our mission, back in the cars, uh, we see a bit of Craig. Craig says he's 99% sure that Lewis is an OG traitor. And I sort of wondered, where has this come from? Because I, we haven't seen that much from Craig, and we've certainly not heard anyone accuse Lewis of being a traitor so far, I don't think. So, it's, it seems quite. Sudden, um, and of course Nigel and Alex are there, and the so they back this up, um, and you know because if someday that's that's how traitors work. Well, somebody else throws out a theory, but you go along with it, you back it up, you see if you can plant more seeds amongst everybody else. Uh, 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 Nigel says, "I'm pretty sure the traitors are Kate, Lewis, and Paul." Um, so you know he's taken what Craig said and he's running with it. We
1: then... now we have a little cut to Alex then, who, yes. um, who says Craig is very loyal, but he's naive. He doesn't have the right
0: people. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm just gonna say for this show, ding, ding, ding.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, we we also cut back to Teresa and Kate. They are back in their car together. And they, they affirm what they had said before the Silver Challenge, that they need to pretend they're coming for each other before turning on Mariel at the last minute. This is, here's my capital letters moment for now. I've just written, cannot wait, in capitals. Um, and
1: Teresa Teresa is so like, she's a little bit distraught at this point. She's just like, wow, how do people lie like this? Yeah. Yeah, because now she is for the first time in the show put in the role of having to create this massive, you know, sort of uh, facade in order to try to, you know, trick Marielle and blindside her, and she's just like, "Wow, how do people do this?"
0: Yeah, yeah, you know? and, and yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Even I, I've, I've, I've watched these episodes several times, and. Even watching it for a second, third time, I am—I st- still get excited at these moments because I, I can't always remember. You know, as as much as I know about the show now, I can't always remember what happened in every episode exactly, and who got banished in what order, and who gets mar- and who votes for who in what order, and who gets murdered. So, watching it again, I I get excited all over again. Uh, so I I was just loving this uh, w- w- the most recent time that I watched it. So we we get back to the hotel. We have some pre-banishment discussions. Uh, Teresa, interestingly, says that she thinks Lewis and Paul are the other two traitors along with Marielle. So she's kind of in agreement with, well, Nigel's fake theory. Um, she pretends to Nigel and Marielle that she's annoyed with Kate. Uh, and actually, it's so funny. This is the moment where I realised actually teresa would have been a terrible traitor because her acting is is so hilarious <laughs> there's um there's this moment at 25 minutes i did a little timestamp at the 25 minute mark you know she she approaches nigel and marielle and i think they ask oh, what's up or something like that and she just goes oh you know same old shit uh with kate <laughs> it's it's so it's so obvious I mean maybe they don't pick up on it but it just made me laugh I thought yeah Teresa you're really bad at this yeah,
1: um, I I remember that moment and she's kind of like her eyes kind of bug in her head a little bit as she says it <laughs> it's like, oh dear poor thing you're not used to this at all
0: yeah uh, and Marielle asks at that point who, who, was, who was Fee suspicious of and Teresa just goes Dirk, I and Kate uh She doesn't say how. uh She doesn't say. Sorry, Teresa, I've written something and I don't know what it means. Uh says She doesn't. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'll go again. Teresa says that she doesn't know how the traitors keep this up. Right. Uh, and she reaffirms in front of Marielle that that uh Fee would say what she thought to everybody's face, as as the sort of subtle dig. At what Marielle had said earlier. But you know, she can't she can't give away. She can't talk about it too much. She can't tell her what Kate told her. Um this is all getting very complicated, isn't it? She can't tell her what Kate told her about what she said about the
1: <laughs> I mean they're 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 just dashing from room to room. You, you know, just trying to like, okay, are we are we still doing it? Are we still keeping up the, you know um <laughs> it's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. must have been very intense for them yeah so, and, and this is the time where they they're gonna have to get other people in on the plan so Kate and Teresa pull Craig aside they have a little chat with him, and they tell him he, look here's what Marielle said isn't that so weird Craig is completely shocked and again they agree they won't bring that they won't uh they won't bring up Marielle. In discussion in the banishment room because she's too smart, she'll she'll kind of worm her way out of it. They just want to write her name down and blindside her. Uh, Kate is talking to Marielle, and again she says, "Yeah, I'm going for Teresa." So Marielle is none the wiser. However, Craig, uh, there, there's then Craig throws a bit of a spanner in the works. I I reckoned because he he talks to Nigel and Alex. Obviously right. not knowing that they're traitors. Um, he completely trusts them. He gets on really well with both of them. So he tells them all about this Marielle plot, and you can see the the panic behind their eyes. <laughs> and like Nigel sort of tries to get Craig back onto Lewis, and Craig's just gone, no, there's not enough numbers for that. Marielle, we need to go Marielle. Um, and and we cut to Nigel's interview, and he says Look, at this moment, he could feel his blood go cold because he knows this is not good. Marielle's in trouble. He and Alex have have this conundrum now. They, yeah, he
1: have... says. He says at this point that ah, the faithful have been taking
0: clarity pills <laughs> yeah, for, for Uh-oh, the first time.
1: We're in trouble. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you know, if if everyone votes Marielle and Alex and Nigel don't, they're gonna look really suspicious. And Alex realizes look, like, she's gonna to have to break this pinky promise that she made with Nigel and Marielle. She's gonna just have to do it. Um, Alex and Marielle, then we see them coming down the stairs with the the best line of foreshadowing ever. Because they're wearing sort of um, like black and white, and Marielle says we're like an angel and a devil in these outfits. (laughs) And I think, little do you know, Marielle, what's about to happen to you. Um, So, Alex, uh, Alex pulls like the best trick ever here as well. Actually, she convinces Marielle that everyone is going to ambush Lewis tonight in secret. She's just she's the most unsuspecting assassin. Ever Alex she's she's so good at this
1: it it seems at this point that she's kind of made her choice which way she's going to vote yeah because i mean what i was wondering too i had a note just before this is they could have this is one of those kind of sliding door moments in the show in general where i wonder why nigel and alex didn't decide to go directly to Marielle and spill the whole thing at this point and say, this is what's happening. We need to sway this vote in another direction. Maybe we can even use Lewis and Paul Mm -hmm. as part of a voting block that might swing things another way. They never, that doesn't seem to have occurred to them that they could do that. Yeah. Um, and it's probably because all the conversations are happening in the different rooms, and it gets chaotic. Yeah. Um, but in, instead of that, they kind of they feel like they're left with the choice, and I mean, they meaning Nigel and Alex are kind of like left with the choice of we can only vote this way or that way.
0: You know, yeah. I I have sort of two theories about that. I I think you're you're right in that I I think there probably just wasn't time I, I I suspect this was all happening you know 30 minutes or something before they go into banishment room I wonder if they just thought we don't have time to talk to marielle and now try and shift everything or if it wasn't that I I just Teresa and Kate were so you, you know enthusiastic and so kind of worked up about this plan I I wonder if just because because of their their behavior nigel and alex confronted with that probably just thought there's no way we're going to turn them they they are not going to change their mind about Marielle. how much chance have we got of of really persuading other people to now shift and vote for lewis i i think they probably just immediately thought this is this would be a losing battle yeah, there's just no point in us even trying. So I, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're you may be right. I mean, they they don't come out and say that, but even when they're talking about it, they're like, you know, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna vote for Lewis or or not?
0: Yeah, yeah. In
1: other words, are we gonna vote for Marielle? That seems to be their only choice. Yeah, yeah. So getting back to Alex, she
0: she talks she's... to Marielle. Yeah, and I also what, what I notice here is Alex has assimilated into the role of Traitor so well, so quickly, because, you know, she was only recruited like two episodes ago. It it makes me think she probably won't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she had wanted to be a Traitor from the very beginning and, you know she's' so good at it. I think she she must have been thinking about this and been or at least just just been so willing to do it. It's not it doesn't seem like it's a huge emotional burden for her, <laughs> which and you know why not I mean it's, it's a game and it's a game show and it's a reality show. that's why they're all here. yep, why wouldn't she, she be like this?
1: What she says at this point is, you know what? I'm just gonna have to come in and be the new boss,
0: yeah. Yeah, she's
1: gonna just assume it and and run with it.
0: Yeah, so she does. She does. So we, it's time for the banishment room. I, I've probably mentioned the music at times before, but I really noticed here how dramatic and how intense that the score is building up the banishment room here. Um, I, I've spoken about this a few times this season. Production. I think must tell Roger, you know what's been going on during the day. What have the players been talking about? He look here's what we want you to say tonight. We're going to feed you your like. You know he needs to know what what's the sort of atmosphere, what's the feeling amongst the players, because he talks about how the traitors have been manipulating this game since day one. Um, and that some of them are starting to catch on. It's as if he kind of knows about what's going on with Marielle, maybe, as if, you know, a production have said, look, something's happening behind the scenes here.
1: It's not the first time that he's just before banishment made statements that are very targeted toward the players. Yeah, yeah. He knows what's happening.
0: Yeah. So there's a, he, he opens up the floor for discussion. They're either very good editing or there really is this very long, awkward silence. Nigel yep. eventually speaks, but it's kind of it's only really to ask Teresa who she plans to vote for. And she says, Kate. So Nigel keeps it going and he says, um, you know, Kate, look, if Kate hadn't won the shield a few days back, she would have probably been gone by now. You know, why have we all forgotten that? Why have we moved on? Kate then picks up on Lewis and how, and obviously Kate's, we know that Kate's pretending and she's making all this up. She says Lewis has suddenly become a lot more vocal Um, It's as if she's, it seems like she's parroting Teresa's theory. Teresa had this theory that the new recruit would reveal themselves because their behaviour would be so noticeably different. So I feel like Kate's picking up on that and she's she's pretending to run with it. Right. Um, Teresa then agreed Teresa, Craig, and Nigel agree with that, that suddenly Lewis is acting a little bit differently. Uh Lewis has to kind of defend himself. He says the people who do the most accusing tend to be the ones who are the most guilty. Um I don't know if there's any I don't know if there's any proof of that, because the only two traitors they found so far were Angus and Claire, and I think they were both pretty quiet, actually. So so I don't know if Lewis's theory makes much sense. Um,
1: I, I I feel sorry for Lewis at this point because he's no one has told him about the plan. He doesn't know it's happening, and he's just a total pawn at this point, <laughs> in his boots, going, "Why is this happening to me?" I know. Um, and it's not happening to him, but he thinks it is. Yeah, yes, yeah. so,
0: yeah, poor, poor Lewis. <laughs> and then, and there, there's another moment where Roger intervenes a little bit. So Lewis says, oh, all the noise is coming from Teresa and Kate's side of the table, implying, therefore, they're guilty and they've got something to hide. And Roger then steps in and asks, hmm, he says, it does seem all the heat is directed this side of the table. Are the other side getting off scot-free? As if he's, as if he's kind of directing them back towards, like Marielle and Nigel and Craig. Um. So, yeah, that that was the moment that made me think, oh, he knows about the secret plan to get out Marielle. Is he trying to urge Kate and Teresa to just spill everything now? There's such good editing here because there are so many long close-ups. This pounding music is just getting louder and louder. But no one, they don't fall for it. They don't take that bait. No one speaks about Marielle. They just don't. So and and then it's time for voting. So the, I I I just have O M G here because I wrote Oh my days <laughs> <laughs> because this Say. is the moment we're like are they, right Are they going to do it? Are they going to blindside Marielle? Are they going to back out at the last minute? Are they? Are they is this still the plan? What's going to happen? So the votes start coming in. Lewis Lewis has been asked to begin, and Lewis votes for Kate. And so, so I'm watching this, thinking, "Oh no, Lewis isn't Lewis isn't going along with the Mariel plan. What's going to happen?" And, and of course, he's not. He doesn't know about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess they missed him out when they were going around everyone. Um, Nigel then votes for Lewis, so he hasn't turned on Mariel. So you think, "Oh, is this all going to fall apart before it begins?" Oh, you know. Where where's this going? And even if Kate and Teresa do vote for Marielle, are they going to be totally outnumbered? And then it's going to look really uncomfortable. However, Craig then votes, turns his slate over. He's written Marielle, and I just I just thought this is it's starting. It's starting. It's going to work. Yeah, the, the dam is broken. The flood yes. is coming. Yes, we've got the first vote in. Marielle obviously is not going to vote for herself. She votes for Paul randomly. So we have this four-way split so far, Paul, Marielle, Lewis, Kate. So it's you know it's totally down to the next four people around the table, and it's Alex next. And Alex turns over the slate, and she has turned on her traitor. She has written down Marielle's name. Boom, and boom, boom, boom. Yes, and Mari, I noticed that Marielle looks fidgety here. She's obviously freaking out. She what she she I mean. Craig probably surprised her, but now Alex right beside her is doing it. She must be, you know, totally confused. Uh, Nigel looks there's a shot of Nigel looking very uncomfortable. Paul's next and votes for Teresa. And then we we well, we think we know what's coming next. It's only Kate and Teresa left. If Alex and Craig have done it, surely they're gonna do it. Kate votes for Marielle, Teresa votes for Marielle so they've they've done it she's she's about to be banished they don't know if they're right or not and then Marielle she stands up she has to reveal her you know her, what's her status and she sort of pulls like a Dirk in reverse because when Dirk was banished he gave this big reveal and he said actually what you don't know is I'm an actor and I'm a performer and I have a stage name but actually I'm a faithful so she does almost the same. She she reveals these secrets. She says she's a 7th year law student. Yep. I've just I've also written here how fucking long do you need to study to be a lawyer in Australia? It's like lawyer and doctor long time. <laughs> yeah, like holy shit. Um so she's a, she's a 7th year law student. She's a triathlete. She has an acting right. agent. She's an Iron
1: Man triathlete. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Incredible.
0: so yeah triathlete, acting agent she's been keeping all this secret because she thought the traitors would use it against her D- a dramatic pause but it didn't matter because I was a traitor from day one <laughs> and they it's it's just such a great moment the others are literally screaming around the table they are ecstatic it's like and New it- Year's Eve <laughs> yes and it's quite cool, I think, to see like Marielle's actually just smiling, like she. It's it's nice because she she really just saw it as a game, and it's, she's like, "Oh, the game's up." Um, and and she as she's leaving, Teresa shouts, Marielle, we love you!" What a uh, beautiful
1: moment! Yeah, um, Lewis congratulates Kate and Teresa. He's just like, "Good work, girls. It was all on you." It was all you. <laughs> Everybody realizes, you know, what happened, and yeah. very good natured,
0: happy moment. That's brilliant, and uh, there's there's this kind of funny moment, or maybe it's just me that thinks it's interesting. Kate, uh, they're celebrating, and Kate says to Teresa, uh, "We were Thelma and Louise, and it's just a fact now." And Teresa replies and says, uh, "Don't be silly." And I, th- I wonder, I didn't know what she meant. I thought, does she mean? Don't be silly, like we're not really mates, or this was just a tonight thing. I, I didn't know why she said don't be silly. I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe it was just a bit of miscommunication. I, I don't know. But then she she immediately follows up by saying I'm so glad we trusted each other. So I I probably am just misreading a little bit. But um I I didn't know what was going on there.
1: I don't remember that moment, so I'll have to
0: rewatch it. It's it's, it's really brief. Um, so. We then we then get uh, another uh, car exit moment. Uh, we have Marielle, and yet she says she was completely blindsided by what happened. She says Alex is deadly. She says she can't believe she recruited her and then got betrayed by her.
1: I thought at this moment too, she it looked like in her final moment she had a little tear in her eye. Yeah, she was she was like ah yeah. All that emotion getting released.
0: Yeah, and I guess no wonder, because she, she had played so well up until now. It probably is really frustrating, A, to get to Episode nine and then you're out, and B, it's the it's the person you recruited. You thought they were going to be canon fodder and they've just turned against you and played you in yeah, your I own game.
1: Think, I don't think the irony was lost on her at all at yeah. that moment.
0: yeah. yeah. So we we go to Traitor's Tower for the night. We're back down to two traitors. Uh, Alex says that Marielle was a sinking ship. Uh, and she just says, look, I knew she was going, so I had to do it. Uh, Nigel says, Kate is all over this game. And Alex says, but is she? Uh, and she says, well, their next target's Lewis. So, you know, she was right tonight, but... Looks like she's not going to be right if she goes for Lewis now. And and Nigel says like he just couldn't bring himself to vote for Marielle. He couldn't do it. And then the discussion moves on to murder. Who are they going to murder tonight? Um they they seem to talk about Teresa, Kate, or Craig. And then there's a reveal that there's a note waiting for them on the table. Uh, and so we we get the note read to us. The note reads. Traitors, with every murder, your influence and control over the game has grown. Now you have a deadly new weapon to wield. You have the power to put three players on death row. At breakfast, the unlucky three will receive a letter informing them they have been placed on death row. That means one of them will be the next person to be murdered. You are allowed to nominate yourself, but with a shield challenge and banishment between now and your next kill, you must choose very carefully. You wouldn't want to do yourself a mischief. Uh, so we've got this new new game element: death row. Uh, they, uh, they, they, they 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 had something like this in the UK one. They just called it trial. They did. Being put yeah, on trial. trial. Yeah. Um, I can't. Did they have this in the US one?
1: I don't remember it in the US one. Yeah, I don't think so. Which I is funny. It, I, I was pretty. Sh- it was in one. You know, it was in one or the other. Um, it was definitely
0: in UK okay then it was that one But I I think they didn't use it at all in US Um, uh, death row seems like such a sort of kind of American term (laughs) it's funny that they didn't use it there Um, so they run through some names they think right who's going to who will cause confusion who will dig their own graves anyway and get themselves out Um, Alex wonders maybe she should be in Death Row. And we don't get to see what they decide. Um, We just know that they have made a decision and they leave. And that is the end of episode nine.
1: They do the best they can because really, you know... The presence of that shield challenge could just throw a spanner in the works. Whatever they decide, yeah, yeah, because um, you never know who's going to win it. That's why it's so great that they have it in
0: this show. Yes, the way they use it. Yeah, and well, I can I can I mentioned this at the beginning of the episodes, but now I can ask in a bit more detail. Although it's probably very obvious. Um, you, when I, when I first asked you, you said, oh, episode nine would be great. So why why this episode of, of all of them that you want to talk about?
1: Well, one of the reasons I, I love talking about this episode is because the first time you watch it, it's so exciting. <laughs> you, it's, you've never quite seen anything like it on the traders, and you just wonder, are they going to pull it off? Um, Arcade and Teresa going to pull it off? It's so it's so fun to watch, and uh, it's a very very dramatic uh, and successful hunt for a traitor.
0: Yeah, um, and it, I I also wonder. I, I agree. Obviously, it's I I I love this episode. I love how exciting the, this whole tactic of blindsiding Marielle was. I I wonder if. From a production point of view, might that have annoyed them? And t- we talked a little bit about this. I, was, I thought that Roger was kind of trying to urge them to maybe just get out in the open and talk about it. You know, production want great discussions at the banishment room. And, and having, you know, I've spoken to lots of the players from the show and they say, look, this takes like two or three hours to film. You see a, you see a few minutes of it. We sit there for hours doing this. So they're obviously encouraged to talk and talk and discuss things. I wonder if it if it annoys the production team a little bit that there's two of the players who've hatched a secret plan and the plan is to not talk about it. Um <laughs> so it's great for one episode, but maybe if they started doing that consistently, the people on the crew would be like, Oh, for goodness, like we can't we can't have them do this every week. Like
1: <laughs> well, No, it's interesting because you know, on the one hand, they want it to be spontaneous because that's what makes it so interesting for us to watch. It's moments like I didn't mention earlier, but way back at the beginning of this episode, when Marielle tells her fee, um, story to Kate. And there's this moment where Kate's just looking at her dumbfounded and says, it's so coincidental. And she's practically laughing in Mariel's face at that point because she realizes what's happening. And that, to me, is so exciting because that's the wonderful spontaneity of this show. Yeah. But on the other hand, what you're talking about is for the production company, they see these things happening, but they have to be very careful how they steer things. So perhaps they've told Roger... Let's try and steer the conversation in the banishing room over in the other direction to see what happens. But they don't want to do it so much that they're literally tipping who the traitors are. Yeah. So it's such a balancing act, isn't it? Yeah. For for the production of the show. It's pretty wild.
0: It it also sort of reminds me of something. I think I've talked about this movie once on the podcast before, but something that, is really interesting about the whole setup of the traitors is that it flips. Well, I'll, I was going to say it flips uh, what Big Brother does on its head. Although I'm talking about Big Brother, the UK version. Maybe you can enlighten me a little bit here. In, in the UK, I mean, Big Brother isn't on in the UK anymore. Now, although it is coming back, a new company's sort of taking over. It's going to be in a new TV channel. But when Big Brother ran in the UK and it was really successful... One of the most crucial elements of Big Brother was you are not allowed to discuss your nominations. Every every week, they would nominate two people they wanted to be evicted from the house. And a a crucial element of the show was, don't talk about your nominations. Don't tell anyone who you're going to nominate. And if they did ever slip up, they were punished for it. But the Mm traitor does the exact opposite. The traitor says, no, you have to discuss your nominations. You have to talk about who you want out. I, do, do you know? Does Big Brother US work under the same rule that players aren't allowed to discuss who they're going to vote out?
1: You're going to have to ask another guest because okay. <laughs> I have never watched Big Brother. Okay,
0: I'm really surprised, surprised to hear
1: that. The first time I saw someone from Big Brother was when there was that fellow in the US version who was a former Big Brother player. I think he was <laughs> the on the Cody. He had been on Big Brother.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I think he'd been but, on it a couple of times. Yeah, but I've never seen it, so I okay. don't know. Yep. Who I should ask is this is very strange. Rob, who was on a previous episode with me, and I think might come back on to talk about another episode. Rob is English, but loves Big Brother US and is a Big Brother US fanatic. So, <laughs> Um, I'll ask Rob about that. <laughs> he's, he's... I, I
1: listened I listened to that episode and I uh, really enjoyed it. I like Rob a lot as a co-host. So yeah, bring yeah. it back and we'll find out. <laughs> Rob,
0: Rob is so lovely. And I think I said this before. I'm going to say it again. Rob has a beautiful voice. Rob has such a lovely voice to listen to. I did tell well, him that's... Rob's voice. I'm going to use this word is mellifluous. Yes, I love the word right? mellifluous. He he, yes, tone. yes. He's got a really, really lovely voice. He should do his own podcast, but not about the trailers. Um So maybe about Big Brother. About he should do exactly. He should do a Big Brother US podcast. Now, at this point, uh, normally I would ask. Stephen, ask you about social media or anything you want to promote or recommendations for TV shows, and I w- I'll put your social media um, links in the episode notes uh, as always. However, we're going to do something a little bit different uh, to sort of finish up. Well, I mean, we're not; we we start, our game is still ongoing. We are still currently playing the Trade Our Traitor, and all will be revealed soon. But before we get there, um, I had an email from uh, some listeners earlier this week and I thought I would uh, read it out and talk to you about it. Uh, Herman and Astro sent me an email about the traitors and about this idea that they have and they wanted to know what I thought. So I'm going to read out their email. Uh, They said they want to share an idea they had about the traitors uh, which they think is feasible, simple and immensely watchable. The concept involves creating two different versions of the traitors through editing. The first version, of, this would be in the UK, available on BBC iPlayer, would withhold the identities of the traitors and present the programme from the perspective of the faithful. This approach would allow viewers to immerse themselves in the suspense and speculate at home. The second version would be the regular edition, revealing the identities of the traitors and showcasing their plotting and backstabbing. Since the filming has already been completed, it primarily requires editing to present the program in these two contrasting lights. Personally I believe it would be enjoyable to have the option to watch the show without prior knowledge of the traitors and then experience the other version, uncovering all the intricacies. I wanted to share this idea with a fellow Traitor enthusiast, as the idea is stuck in my head and needed an outlet. So a uh, very interesting concept. Uh, what do you think about this, Stephen, about two different versions of the show? One where we, the audience knows who the Traitors are, as it is. One where we don't know and we're like the faithful.
1: I have one big idea for this, and that is this. I think that it would be... An interesting way to um, release episodes for the show. But if I were doing it, I would release what I'm going to call all the faithful episodes. In other yeah. words, from the point of view of the faithful, except not the finale. Oh, okay. And then release all the Traitor episodes going up to and then finally we get to see the finale so that you won't know the actual ending of the this double version of the show until you've watched all of them yeah so that would be i think a way to uh still create some, some suspense because if you showed all the faithful episodes and then you knew the finale You'd already know that when you were watching the trader mm-hmm. focused episodes yeah yeah so that might be one way to do it so yeah, that was
0: my big idea i I really like this idea. I think this is really cool. I've thought about something similar myself, but not quite to this extent. so this suggestion is that yeah there's two two entirely different versions of the show. Um, I mean, from a from a pragmatic perspective, with sort of a very logical hat on, I would think um, it would take a lot of work to do this. It would take a hell of a lot of editing. um, To, I mean, you you're basically it's double the work for a team of editors. Um, So it would take an awful lot of organisation and piecing together. So it would be difficult to. Do, but not impossible. The another sort of practical problem, I guess, but this is the this is true of any show, I suppose. If you as a viewer decided, right, there's a new series of The Traitors, I'm going to just watch the Fatal Version. I'm going to watch the version where I don't know. You would also really have to, to to make a promise to yourself, I'm not going to go on social media. You would you would have such a task of avoiding spoilers at any any tv show where the get people are eliminated every episode like i watch um like rupaul's drag race and if i don't watch it fairly quickly i have had so many seasons of that ruined for me by seeing the winners ahead of time on social media and it's great really annoying for me the same with great british bake-off oh yeah I, yeah i've had the for exact the great same
1: british baking show i'm just like i have to stay off social media for 10 weeks practically yeah to I, not
0: be spoiled, I watch Bake Off as well, and I have I had the same thing a couple of times that I've I've been. It'll be the night of the finale or something, and I will absentmindedly glance at Twitter, and the first thing that appears is like who's just won the season, and I and I'm like I'm so annoyed. I'm like I was just about to go and watch it in half an hour, and I've I've just seen who the winner is. So I, this would be like that. For the the whole season, you would have to avoid the whole thing. Um, so that would be tough. That doesn't stop them from doing it. Um, my my um, version of this that I had thought about beforehand was I wonder if they could not have two entire versions. of I mean, this would fundamentally change the show, but could they have a moment just at, in episode one Maybe, I mean, maybe the whole series would just have to be that you don't know who the traitors are, except in episode one, where there's a moment and, and Claudia or Roger or Alan would say to the viewers, if you want to know who the traitors are, keep watching. If you mm-hmm. don't want to know, close your eyes for 20 seconds. And they would just have like a silent shot with no dialogue where it would just show you who the traitors were. Because... and." I've seen this on a couple of other shows where the audience can choose to look at something or not. This is, I'm going to use such a dated reference here. There used to be... I think it still exists. Maybe it, there, when I, In the 90s, there was a TV show in the UK called Through the Keyhole. I don't mm. know if there was a US version of this. And okay, Through the Keyhole... was a sh- It, it was, If I describe it, maybe it existed with a different name in the US. I don't know. It was a show where it was a sort of panel show uh they would have like three celebrities would be in a studio with the host and the the, go, the the concept of the of the show was you would be shown around the interior of a celebrity's home but the celebrity wasn't there and you had to guess from the decor and the photographs and the ornaments who, who was the famous person that lived in the house and <laughs> So the celebrity panel were, were guessing who it was, and there was a moment at the start of every episode where they would show the viewers. They would say to the viewers at home, "If you want to know who the celebrity is, keep looking. If you don't want to know, close close your eyes." And they would show the celebrity on the screen, just smiling and waving, for five seconds. So if you don't want to know, you would look away, and then you would look back, and you could play along then. Or if you wanted to know, you just watched and you looked and you saw who the famous person was. So, uh, so that was a long explanation for the, f- the fact that I wondered, could they do that with the traitors? That they keep it a secret for the whole series, but maybe in episode one, they give you a quick glance if you want to look at the screen. I don't know if that's a bit old-fashioned and they just wouldn't do something like that now.
1: Well, I, I think part of it, first off, I don't think we've ever had a US version of that UK show. Okay keyhole. I don't recall it. It sounds really fun, but it does bring up one of the challenges with this idea of having the two versions, which is it double sizes the whole show so that instead of 10 or 12 episodes, you've got 20 or 24 episodes. So that's a challenge. And then for Through the Keyhole, what you described with that little reveal moment, that works really well for a show where the reveal is at the end of each episode yeah yeah you know whereas this it would be a reveal that would be for a 12 episode show and i it, it's interesting but i don't know how it would work yeah it would be very difficult as you say to you know sort of keep the cat in the bag
0: yeah yeah if Herman and Astro's idea became reality, if this was real and there were two different versions of every episode, how would you watch it? I, I would you you know would you what would you do? Would you watch all of? I think you kind of alluded to this before. Would you watch all of the episodes? I, I would watch the whole season. Uh, I would watch the whole faithful version. I would watch it as if I didn't know, and I would try and guess who they were. And then, this is me personally, because I love the show and I could watch it endlessly. I would then go back and watch the whole thing again, knowing who they were. What, What would you do if this really existed?
1: That, I mean, I would do the same. And if I was producing it, that's how I'd release it. I'd release one faithful episode after the other. And then I'd release one, all the traitor revealed episodes one after the other. Yeah. And... Let people sort of watch it in that way, and then, as I said, if I was producing it, I would withhold the finale. Yeah. So people could watch all of one, and then they could watch all of the other, and then finally they'd they'd find out who won.
0: Yeah. Although some people would still want probably to watch the finale, not still not knowing who the traitors were.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good point.
0: So some people would want to wait until that very last uh the you know that last moment where you find out who has won so so they would possibly still need to do two versions of the finale um it's interesting too because like if you think about the episode that
1: we just chatted about today episode 9 that episode plays out dramatically with a lot of our full knowledge of who the traders are and who the faithfuls are so the episode we reviewed today literally would not exist on this new version mm-hmm. it would be it would play out differently in the edit yeah, um, yeah the way that the drama plays out because that sort of layering of what we know and what they know would be very different mm-hmm. so it would be a different show
0: yeah that's a great point i i i love the idea I don't think it would ever happen, and I, I, sp- I'm sh- I spoke about this probably in the first season of the podcast, the, the Dutch man whose name I can't remember, the guy who came up with the concept of the show in the first place, He I read an interview with him and he said he had trouble pitching the show to different broadcasters because... He just was told over and over and over again, you can't have a show where the audience know who the traitors are at the start. They said that's not how these shows work. They said People just said to him, it needs to be like them all. The audience need to not know. And he was determined, no, no. So he, he broke this rule of just telling the audience straight away who the traitors were. And I think that's one of the reasons it's been so huge. I agree. So, you would then be betraying part of its reason for success maybe by by changing that again.
1: That's Um, very interesting because as I was thinking about this over the last few days, when you mentioned, you know, we could talk about it today, I thought of the mole. I thought, but that's why these shows work. And that's why the traders is different. Yeah. Is, you know, either you don't know or you do know. Yeah. So they're kind of different animals in a way
0: yeah and interestingly at the at the same time just this week and i i can't really talk about this too much or i will get fired but (laughs) i'm I'm working with a tv company a tv production company and there's a show that they're working on um and this is what it's still in development but one of the elements of it is very much related to this they're still deciding should the audience know more than the players they're still figuring out how they're going to just just like this they're they're figuring out should the audience know everything from the offset or should we be keeping lots of stuff secret from the viewers so they are they are having these discussions as well uh very interesting it's very cool now the moment has come stephen we have been playing the trader traitor. We have been keeping things from each other. We've been trying to betray one another. Ooh. Ah. I have told you a lie at some point. Did you tell me a lie? Yes, I did. Okay. I I feel quite confident that I know what your lie is. <laughs>
1: Well, that's excellent. Why don't you go for it? I then? say
0: that now. I'm probably totally wrong, right? I'm going. To, I'm just going to go for it. I think your lie. I have two options, but I'm going for the second one. What was your lie about the TV show in America called Match Game? And you told me what it was. I think that's not what Match Game is.
1: You have you have outed me. <laughs> Yeah, that was my lie. That was my <laughs> life. Um there was a show that operated just like the challenge um that we saw in episode nine, but the show's name was Concentration.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: The match game did exist, but it was an entirely different show. So congratulations.
0: Thank you. I I only caught you out because I knew what match game was. Uh, And when you described it, I thought, that's not what match game is. And the only reason... Well, in the UK, we had match game as well, but I had a different name here. This seems to be a recurring theme throughout this episode. UK and US shows having different names. Um, In the UK, it was called... (laughs) Match game is such a better name. Uh, It was called Blankety Blank. Oh, I love it. But it was the same concept, I think, which is where... The celebrities would be given like a sentence with a word missing.
1: Yeah, and and then try and guess what the other one how would they write down. Sentence, yeah, right. yeah.
0: So blankety blank is what we called it here, but I I knew that match game was the US version.
1: Yeah. And match um, game, match game here had lots of sort of stars on it. Concentration, yeah. the matching game had no stars on it at all. Uh. It was just, it was kind of like you know uh what is it uh jeopardy yeah you just have contestants trying to sort of get through it
0: yeah i didn't know concentration existed i didn't know that was a tv show yeah way back in the day so any idea what i lied to you about i'm
1: gonna make a guess and it's only based on how i've noticed that when you put a lie in you really swing for the fences So I am going to guess that your lie was that there is no Australia website with exit interviews on it that someone sent you a link to that you made that whole thing up. That's my guess.
0: I thought when I was saying that, that you would think it was a lie. But actually, that is the truth.
1: Well, I'm very excited. To know that I, can. <laughs> I was really as I as I heard you saying, and I was like, "Gosh, I hope that's not a lie," because I really want to go to that website.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. On the Traitors Australia official Instagram page, they have a bunch of videos, and some of them include contestants' exit interviews that they didn't show in the in the TV show. Outstanding! You've knocked me again. There you go. <laughs> um, I have to reveal my actual lie. I I said it twice because I was worried you didn't hear it the first time, and I thought, well, that's not fair if I said it and you didn't hear it. That's cheating. So I so I repeated it to make sure I definitely got it in there. Although maybe you didn't hear it again the second time. It was I told a lie about Marielle. Uh, it was when she was revealing her status as a traitor. And she told everybody all these things about herself. She said that she was a seventh-year law student. She was a triathlete, a triathlete. And I also added in that she said she had an acting agent. And I said it a couple of times, but she actually didn't say that at all. So I invented that part.
1: I remember you saying that, and I remember thinking, "Oh, I must have forgotten that that she said." That.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there. Well, as long you heard yeah. it, I feel that I did not cheat. But you just didn't know it was a lie.
1: And also, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that she also had an acting agent because she's obviously a very accomplished person. And, you know.
0: Yeah. I think she does have an acting agent, but she never mentioned it on the show. (laughs) So I was sort of being very clever with, uh, or trying to be very clever with what I used there.
1: Well done, Matthew. Thank you.
0: So. Stephen, no doubt we will talk about traitors at some point again in the future. Um, I I hope discussing Episode 9 lived up to how excited you were about it.
1: It did. It's always a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of the season and all of your guest
0: interviewees. Yes, Uh, so so many interviewees. Uh, Basically, from here on in uh anyone who's banished from this point on is probably going to be on the podcast as a guest so uh i hope you'll enjoy hearing those conversations
1: have you um have you interviewed um uh, lewis yet uh
0: not yet i am speaking to lewis uh some point in the next week i can't remember the exact date but uh very soon uh, I'll be talking to Lewis, uh, so and he seems very excited about it. So that'll be that'll be lovely to talk to him.
1: Well, tell him Stephen says hi, and I also like to play Scrabble, which I noticed <laughs> he has on his Instagram. So. Oh. <laughs> uh,
0: I'll 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 tell him he said hello then, and I'll I'll mention Scrabble. Yes, coolly cool. Thanks. Now, I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hello faithful Trader listeners, so Marielle is gone, backstabbed by recent traitor recruit Alex at the most shocking banishment room ceremony yet. Now for the really exciting part I have to tell you, I interviewed Marielle herself for the podcast and that interview is available to listen to right now. So go ahead and stream or download that next episode to hear all about what it was like to be a traitor and Marielle's very surprising side of her banishment story. You will want to hear what she revealed to me. In the meantime, I still have a few more contestant interviews ahead, so check out the podcast social media pages to see who I'll be speaking to and send me your questions for them. You can get in touch with me on Instagram at the trade Podcast, Twitter at the trade Pod, or via email at thetraderpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be back with another returning co-host for episode 10 and another follow-up interview special with the next banished player. Until then, stay faithful.